Hi, I'm Steve Maletto from the Teaching Learning Leading K-12 podcast, a part of the Education Podcast Network, just like the show you're listening to now. Shows on the network are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other interesting education podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com. There's something wrong. I'm not sure what it is. There's something wrong. There's something wrong. I can't seem to fix it. And I always felt like there was something that I wasn't able to do to be able to reach all the students who were in my classroom in the way that I felt that they should be. Welcome to the Burned In Teacher Podcast. I'm Amber Harper, and the educators on this podcast are brave enough to share their stories of burnout with the world. On BIT, we get real, we get honest, and we take action. Action against the burnout with stories from burned out teachers, advice from experts, and actionable steps you can take today to beat the burnout and become a happier, more fulfilled human being. Let's get started. You know, during my 12-year teaching career, it seemed like there was always something throwing off my lesson plans, mindset, or goals. And when I began to burn out and tried to talk about it, all I heard was join the club, go for a walk, have a glass or three of wine. This is just the way it is. The current challenges you're facing, distance learning, new technologies, higher expectations, discipline issues, a personal crisis, a global pandemic, all of these challenges make your everyday life seem unmanageable. Until now. Teacher Burnout has been hacked and the book is here. In Hacking Teacher Burnout, I share my eight-step process that shines a light on burnout as an opportunity for growth and change and in it, I empower you to become burned in, a fulfilled, happy, efficient, and effective teacher in the classroom and in life. You'll learn the steps you can take to take action steps based on your burnout type. Feel ready for the next challenge. Thrive, not just survive, personally and professionally. Feel ready for and learn how to grow through your burnout and so much more. Hacking Teacher Burnout is here and ready for you to order on Amazon and barnesandnoble.com. So go check it out or go to hackingteacherburnout.com to learn more and place a bulk order for your staff. Take a deep breath because you're about ready to do something big for your burnout. Burn on. Well, hey there, Burned In Teachers. Welcome to episode 98 of the Burned In Teacher podcast. This is one part burnout and all other parts action, inspiration, and support for teachers dealing with burnout. I'm your host, Amber Harper, and I empower burned out teachers to believe that they deserve and can achieve a happier and more fulfilled career and life with my eight-step burned in process. And my friends, I got to tell you, now more than ever in this season of winter in Northeast Indiana, this is such a difficult time for me. Winter has always been challenging and I just want you to know if you're struggling with seasonal affective disorder in addition to all of the current challenges that we're having in education today, I feel you. I'm here for you. So make sure that you know that you can reach out to me anytime on social media just to say, hey. Uh, at Burned In Teacher, or you can email me anytime at support at burnedinteacher.com. And of course, you can join the Burned In Teacher podcast Facebook community at facebook.com slash groups slash Teacher to reach out, to say hi, to ask for help, just to say, right now, life kind of sucks. 
I'm down, it's dark, it's cold, <laughs> in addition to feeling the burnout. Maybe you're burned and bored, burned and over it, burned and unbalanced. Maybe you're not burned out, but feeling a little bit off. We're better together, so feel free to reach out anytime. You're not alone. You're not alone if you're frazzled, if you're stressed, if you're frustrated, if you're sad, if you're feeling disengaged, if you're feeling like you're just not reaching your students the way that you want. As you heard our guest today, Holly Stewart, say at the beginning of this episode, you just feel like something's wrong, something's not right. I, I've got to figure out what's happening. She had an experience, and she's going to share it with us today, where she had a moment where she had an opportunity. She looked at this moment as an opportunity to change things, even though at first she said, I can't possibly do one more thing. I'm going to tell you from experience and the experience of so many teachers I've worked with. When we say that, we build a wall. And I want to encourage you, if you're saying, I can't take on one more thing, I want you to think about the things that you are taking on. What can you set aside and put aside to allow yourself to open up to other possibilities. I'm telling you what, when you hear Holly's story, she is so glad that she opened herself up to another possibility of reaching and engaging uh, some some students that were that were very challenging. She loved them. She she really cared about them and their um, their education experience, but she just wasn't able to engage with them the way that she wanted until she got some very helpful and honest feedback from an observation. I can't wait for you to hear what happened next. Holly Stewart is a mother of three, a classroom teacher currently teaching eighth grade science and design at an IB middle school. She's passionate about teaching science through a hands-on experiential approach with a strong emphasis on social emotional learning and building relationships. She is a ball of energy and enthusiasm and positivity. So without further ado, let's dive into my interview with Holly Stewart. Hello, Holly. Thank you so much for joining us on the Vernon Teacher Podcast today. Thank you so much. I'm, I'm really happy to be here, Amber. I'm really excited about this. I am too. And I'm also excited to be the first person to interview you on a podcast. This is so exciting. Yeah, this is my first podcast. I'm, I listen. I'm like a podcast junkie, so I listen to them all the time. So this is really exciting to get to actually be on one. So yeah, you've got a really important and inspiring story to share. So why don't you start off by telling us a little bit about where you teach, what you teach, and just anything about your life you're willing to share with us. <laughs> sure, sure. So again, my name's Holly Stewart, and I teach, um, I'm currently at a middle school, so I teach eighth grade. It's an IB middle school, and um, we te I teach science and design. Um, so science is definitely my background. I absolutely love it. Um, but I say that I have been involved in the world of education ever since the year 2000 when my oldest daughter was born. So uh, this, is my, this is my fifth year here at teaching eighth grade. Um, my background to coming into the world of education is one of those like twisty, windy roads kind of thing. Um, I worked in my, my background is actually in science and I worked in industry for a while. Um, but when I became a stay at home mom, when my oldest was born and, um, when my kids got old enough to, you know, they were in school and I had some free time, I said, what do I want to be when I grow up kind of thing? What do I want to do now? So I decided I didn't want to go back into industry. I wanted to do something more related to, I was actually thinking environmental, um, and so I went to school, I got a, another degree and I noticed that every project research project I did was related to education. 
And so I said, you know, I think that this is kind of telling me something. So I actually started off working with outdoor education. So teaching science in the outdoors. Um, and then I worked at a, an elementary school where I got to teach science. But I got to speak Spanish while I was teaching science, which was really cool. That was a lot of fun. Um, and then uh, through lots of other kind of twists and turns, I ended up here in the middle school and I love eighth grade. These eighth graders are amazing. So yeah, so that's kind of my story as to how I got to where I am right now. So everything that you have just shared with us, it sounds like you have never faced a hard day in your life. You use words like I got to, and eighth graders are the best. And so, so you clearly have never dealt with burnout before. It sounds like. Oh yeah, absolutely not. No. (laughs) (laughs) We know that's not true. So we're going to ask you to share that for sure. But you know, what's really interesting about what you said too, is that you said, and I decided that I needed to you know, try to figure out what I wanted to be when I grew up. You know, I used to say that all the time. I'm still trying to figure it out. And I think that adds a little bit of spice to life whenever you are open to those possibilities. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just yeah. Come your way any moment. Definitely. Definitely. And I'm glad that I decided to, you know, take that risk and try something new and uh, it's, it's worked out really well. And, and I'm very happy with where I am right now, but like you said, yes, I did have, I do have those moments and I had a really, a really big one as far as, uh, you know, burnout, um, uh, uh, I guess, yeah, it was a year ago, it, actually a year ago in January. It was really when I felt like I hit kind of that rock bottom in terms of my burnout. So you hit burnout right before COVID came yes. into play. So did that exacerbate it or did that, you know, how did that play into it? Cause I, I want to hear the whole story, but I mean, and I did read your story because you kind of shared, you shared a little bit with me um, via email. And it sounds like you looked at that time where you were shut down as an opportunity. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I had, um, so just to kind of give you a little bit of the backstory on what led to my burnout. Mm -hmm. Um, So with middle school, at least the way it is here, there are, you know, with students who have the paperwork, the IEPs, 504s, ESOL, all of those types of things, because of scheduling, there's always that issue of how do we fit all of their needs and accommodations into the schedule that we have here. Um, And it makes it challenging because usually there is, um, at least what I had seen from from all of my time here at uh, the school where I am, there was always that one class that was really large class that had the majority of the kids that really needed more individual attention. Um, And it made it extremely challenging. And so every year I felt like I was saying, there's, there's something wrong. I'm not sure what it is. There's something wrong. There's something wrong. I can't seem to fix it. And I always felt like there was something that I wasn't able to do to be able to reach all the students who were in my classroom in the way that I felt that they should be. Um, And so it finally got to the point where last year, um, the group of students who came in, they had had just, I mean, when you look back at their middle school experience, it was just one setback after another, starting right in sixth grade. So just to let you know, in sixth grade, when they got here, our school was going is undergoing construction. So all of the teachers had to pack up and move their classroom several times throughout the year. So that added a lot of, um, you know, basically it was just a lot of confusion and kind of chaos to their, you know, there wasn't really a routine. 
Um, so that was their sixth grade year. And then in seventh grade, again, through no fault of their own, there were a lot of things happening with, it just happened to be with the seventh grade teachers. There were a lot of teachers who were out on leave part-time. There were teachers who moved. So again, no consistency, no routine. Then they get to eighth grade and, you know, they had at this point in time been told, you know, they've been, you know, you're bad, you're bad, you're bad kind of thing. You're making all these mistakes every, because they had no consistency um, and no structure. So, you know, they came into my classroom. Oh yeah, Mrs. Stewart, we're the bad kids. We're the bad kids. And I'm like, what do you mean you're the bad kids? There's nothing, you're, you're kids. <laughs> so um, there's nothing wrong with you. Um, and so, but they had had that kind of mindset for so long. But, you know, if you start to hear it enough, you start to internalize it. Um, so it was really a struggle that I had trying to be able to reach these kids. And again, this is a large classroom of kids that I had at this point. I think I had the most that I had that year was 32 in my classroom. And I have a science classroom that, you know, I have lab stations. I very limited on my seating and how I can rearrange things. Um, so I finally just, I was just drained. I really just felt like I had nothing left to give. I'd been saying, you know, I need some help. I need some help. And all I kept hearing from everybody is, I know, I wish there was something we could do. This is just the way it is. And so I just got to the point where I was just so defeated that I really, honestly, I felt like I had nothing left to give at all. Wow. And I'm sorry, go ahead. <laughs> no, I was just going to say, so you already struggled with feeling like you weren't enough. Mm -hmm. Then you have these students who are coming in with that negative self-talk and reinforcement that right. they are the bad kids with that lack of consistency. And then you're met with some, dare I say, apathy I when, so. when yeah. you did ask for help and support. I mean, that's a recipe for burnout. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's coming from all, that's coming from you, that, that, you know, that feeling of not enough telling yourself you're not enough. Mm -hmm. It's coming from your students where they are, you know, they're coming at you with, well, we're the bad kids. So that's what we say. So that's what we're going to do. Right. And then from the administration or your colleagues, you know, just that, that culture of, well, eh, sorry. I mean, mm -hmm. my goodness. I, yeah. and I can empathize with you there of having a really large class of challenging students. I had 30 mm -hmm. first graders, 31 first graders Oof, yeah. uh, one year, and it was extremely challenging. And I, I just, I feel for you. So mm -hmm. who can blame you for feeling that way? Right. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. So I was, like I said, I was at a very low point and it was January when this, mm -hmm. when this happened, it was January, 2020. Um, and I had a, uh, I'm the type of person who, you know, normally I'm like, you know, my door is always open. If you're going to, if you want to do an observation, you know, I'd say this to my co-teachers, my, you know, my administrators, district office people, you want to come in and observe my classroom, come on in. I never know what you're, you don't know what you're going to get, <laughs> you know, come on in. <laughs> Um, so I had, uh, I had a, an administrative observation, um, and I, I always say, I don't do the dog and pony show. This is, this is my class. This is the way I normally, you know, I would normally do things. Um, but she came in during this, um, during this one class that was my most challenging one. Mm -hmm. And she, her observation of me after it was over was she just claimed, she saw that I was neutral. That was the actual word that she used. She said, I didn't see you doing, you know, like what I would expect from you, the, the praise if you got something right. 
or that, hey, you need to really make sure that you're not doing that, you know, if you're doing something wrong. She said it was just completely neutral. And I said, well, that's because I've, I've been telling everybody I have nothing left to be able to give. I really honestly felt that. And she was the first person who said to me, okay, I've got something I want you to do. And she told me to start following the Teach Better team. Um, and I don't know if you know the Teach Better team, but these guys are absolutely amazing. They are amazing. Actually, Jeff and Ray, they interviewed me for their podcast. I think that may have been yes. where you and I yes, connected. Yes, where you, we connected. And you got the Burn and Te- the Hacking Teacher Burnout book, right? Yeah, I yes. yes. Holly, <laughs> I just now, it's not that I forgot about you, but I just put that, I was like, wait a minute. I did send you a book. Okay. So (laughs) they are phenomenal. They're phenomenal. (laughs) So she, yeah. So she told me, she said, I want you to follow the teach better team on Facebook. And then she said, and she, uh, she actually gave me her copy because I also have, you know, I went and got my own of course, but she told me, um, I want you to follow the teach better team. I want you to read this book, the teach better book. Mm -hmm. She said, I want you to look into the grid method. And I was, you know, I just kind of looked at her. I'm like, seriously, you're giving me something else to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> After I told you I have nothing left, but I, I was like, all right, I, I really respect her a lot and, and her role in our school. Um, so I was like, all right, I'm, I'm going to do this for you. <laughs> we'll see what happens. And honestly, I, you know, I started following them on Facebook and I was like, wow, not only do they have a lot of, you know, great tips and ideas and strategies that they're sharing, but they're really nice people and they They really genuinely care about, you know, helping everyone and wanting everyone to succeed. And I was like, wow, this is pretty cool. And then I, you know, took the free grid method course that they have on their, on their website, on their Teach Better Academy. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is what I need to be able to reach my high flyers at the same time that I'm trying to help my kids that are more challenged by the content. I'm like, why didn't anyone, you know, tell me about this before? Um, So I came in and I just completely changed around my classroom. And I said, I'm going to, I'm going to do the grid method. We're going to, we're going to try this out and see how it works. And it was, you know, I turned everything around. We did it. We had one grid. Yeah. I was able to do a grid and I had students that, you know, they fought me on it a lot in the beginning because it it's a different mindset. It's not just, did you complete an activity and you try right, it like sit and get, right? Do you understand is what you have to do. You have to really be able to show me that you've mastered that content before I'll let you move on to the next thing. And like, for example, I had a student who had been failing miserably and, you know, she really didn't want to do the work. And I kept sending her back. You got to, you got to do this again. I need you to really understand it. And she took that first quiz and she got an A on the quiz. And it was just like, she, and just looking at her face, you know, when she closed her laptop and she's looking around, her eyes are all huge. And at first I thought, oh, what's going on? She was like, I got an A. (laughs) (laughs) It was wonderful. You know, we had this and it really just revitalized my classroom. And I had you know, people coming in to observe. And again, this was one grid. (laughs) So I had people coming in to observe. I had labs going on all over the place. Kids were loving it. They were, you know, giving me feedback on it. And then COVID hit. Mm. (laughs) I got shut down. I got to do one grid with my 
Mm-hmm. You know, it's funny. I, it's not funny, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was, I was doing a talk at a school the other day and it just kind of came out of my mouth and I was like, Oh, I don't know if I should have said that, but it really resonated. You know, teaching was really hard before 2020 before, you know, yeah. late winter, early spring of 2020. And now, and then 2020 came and was like, Hey, hold, hold my beer. Watch, no. watch this, watch what we can do now. Oh my goodness. I can relate to that so much. So can you help us understand really quickly before you move on? Yeah. The grid method to me sounds like, is that universal design learning? Um, it's, it's really, it's more based on, um, it's based on mastery based learning. Okay. So it's student paced and it, it is, like I said, mastery based. And so it's just, it's a framework so that you are able to reach all of your students. So you have activities or they're called learning opportunities mm-hmm. at several different levels. And the levels are based on Webb's DOK. Okay. I was just so, going to ask that too. Great. Yeah. Yeah. So you have your students do a pre-assessment to see what they already know, because not everybody needs to start on level one. And, you know, not everybody's ready to start up on level three, right? right? So it lets you automatically, when they start, they are in the level where they need to be and they have the learning opportunities that'll help them where they are. Um, and it really, it just took a lot of relief off of their shoulders of thinking, oh, I have to be able to do all of this if they were starting down here. And I said, no, no, no this is to help you where you are and give you what you need right now. Mm. Um, and so I, I had a, a student who was um, one of my SPED students and he loved the grid. Mm-hmm. He was so happy with it. And, and even when we went, you know, when we had to go remote, he was the first one to turn in his work every day. He's like, I finished this box. Can you check it? I finished this box. Can you check it? It was, it was wonderful. So, you know, it's one of those things where I wish I had had it all along, but I'm so glad that I finally did discover it. So if I, I know that a lot of teachers are struggling with engagement with their students. So mm-hmm. have you carried then, this is a great lead into then, are you bringing this then, are, are you're at school, I can see you're in your yes. classroom, <laughs> but are, did you take the grid method then? Was it easily transferable or easy-ish? Um, to transfer it to virtual learning or in a hybrid situation, or has that not been the case for you? No, I think it's actually, it made, it made my life much easier. Um, I saw a lot of teachers who were struggling and that's not to say that I had a hundred percent, you know, engagement when we went remote, but it did make as far as what needed to be done in the classroom and then being able to translate that to here's what I need you to do at home. Mm -hmm. Um, I was for each for each activity or learning opportunity that's on the grid. I had everything as a, you know, that was digital so that they could access it. If it was a lab that I was planning on doing in the classroom, I just took, I came in, I basically just cleared out my classroom and I took everything home and all of my science equipment was in my garage. And I would just record videos of myself doing the labs and then kind of pause and say, okay, here's where you're going to answer question number one. Mm-hmm. And then they would be able to come on to the Zooms to be able to ask clarifying questions and we could conference and things like that um, as they were working their way through the grid. So I think it really made, it made my life a lot easier when we had to go full remote. Well, I was just going to ask you too, in relation to how you were feeling before you were asked to, you know, reach out to teach better and, uh, and, you know, read their book. And then you took this free course, which we definitely will link in, in the show notes. Okay is uh, 
you know, you said that you couldn't handle one more thing, but this sounds really time intensive. So did you feel like, or were you in fact spending a lot of extra hours putting these together? You know, what was that process like? So it, it is, it is a, one of those things where initially you are putting the time into developing it because it is very strategic in terms of setting your, your mastery targets and setting your, you know, your essential questions and things like that. But once you get that framework, it makes it so much easier to intentionally put the, you know, the, the labs and the activities that I would normally be doing in the classroom to be able to structure them in such a way that, okay, yeah, this should be a level one. Once they understand that, oh yeah, this can be level two. And so it was more just being able to more strategically align my activities that I was normally doing and just setting them up so that my students could get them when they were ready. Right. So initially it was, and honestly, I think for the first grid, I probably took, it probably took me, you know, maybe a couple hours to put together. And I think I put together two because I was ready to roll them out. Yeah. You're super motivated, right? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And I think that, yes, it does take the time initially, but it saves you so much time once you get them done. Mm -hmm. um, because I will just, I create my grids for the unit. And then I know that once we start this unit, I'm good for the next few weeks because I've got everything all set up, you know, and I'm ready to just, okay, you're done with this. Let's move on. You're ready to go to the next one. So, so does it help then initially or, or maybe should I say long-term then? So once you plan out these grids, do you feel like you're no longer, you know, today's Wednesday when we're doing this interview that you're like scrambling to plan for Thursday or Friday because you have all of those things. Now, obviously you teach one subject, mm -hmm. but, uh, but do you, you know, do you have multiple classes, you know, that, that you teach in science or is it all, it's all eighth grade science period? Yeah. So it's all eighth grade science. There's, um, three grade level classes that I teach and then one advanced class that I teach, but it's all the same content area. It's just the matter of depth that you're able to go into depending on which class you're with. Okay, great. That's, that's so helpful. Yeah. Now I taught first through third grade, a little bit of six months or not even six months of fifth grade. <laughs> so I'm, I'm a gen ed mentality. So mm -hmm. for all of those general education teachers out there who are teaching all the subjects or most of the subjects, mm -hmm. does this work for them as well? Yeah, it does. It does. And I've seen, um, you know, through a lot of the interactions that I've had with the Teach Better team, there are so many people who are sharing their grids on, you know, on, in the, the Facebook group that they have and, you know, through Twitter and things like that. Um, and then they are running this thing right now with Teach Better team with Education Blueprint. Mm -hmm. um, where people are, you know, kind of uploading their grids to be shared for free with anyone who, you know, signs up for an account with that. So there are a lot of resources out there for you to be able to kind of see how it's structured. Cause it can sound intimidating yeah. when you're first starting, especially for somebody who's burned out. Right. 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 But when you see how it's laid out and when you see what the benefits are, it, it makes that initial time that you spend with it worthwhile for the benefits that you're able to get in the future. And in this free course that they offer, are they, uh, do they lay everything out pretty, pretty easily to get you started? Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. And so the, and the reason why I really like the free course is, and I haven't done, I haven't done the paid one, but the free course, um, it's a series of videos and the videos themselves are no more than 10 minutes long. Mm. 
So it, it puts it in like sizable chunks that if you want to sit there and power through all of them in one day, you certainly can. Or you can just take one part of it and kind of think about it for a little bit, see how you could, you know, maybe implement it and then go back and do the next one. So it is, it's set up in a way that makes it easy to take in. Yeah. I love that. So it sounds really beneficial for you time-wise for all right. of these burned and unbalanced teachers. Mm-hmm. This is something that is a time investment, a, a, maybe a smaller, a little, a medium time yeah. yeah, as you get started, but it does help you to, as you move through, you know, your units of study or you know, whatever uh, subject or curriculum you're teaching, it is, it is mm-hmm. worth that investment in the front end so that or I'm sorry, on the back end, so that once you get uh, once you get going and you get rolling, it's not mm-hmm. you're not p- feeling like you're catching up all the time. Right, right. And like I said, the resources yeah. are out there for you know if you want a, a pre-made grid, mm-hmm. you can find them and, and ask for help. People on the Teach Better Teams Facebook page are so willing to help and you know, ask questions and things like that and support everyone. So, yeah. Well, and that's what I was going to say too. And for all of you burned and over at teachers, you know, who are negative, apathetic because your students are negative and apathetic, you know, you just, you feel completely drained by their behavior or they're not showing up. They're not engaged. This is also going to help you with building those relationships and building that engagement. And obviously if you were like at that quote unquote neutral state, and now you just ooze excitement (laughs) about this, you know, that can clearly clearly that can clearly help because it sounds like you were at one point burned and over it. You were just like, I have, I was, I just, I have nothing to give. I'm just, mm-hmm. they don't care. They're, you know, the quote unquote bad kids. I, I can't, I don't know what else to do. I can't do anything else. Mm-hmm. You know, that's such a hard place to be. And if you're burned and bored, if you are like in that, you know, going through the motions and you're just yeah. feeling like, you know, I've been doing the same thing, you know, for so long, you know, I need something new, something fresh. I need a new challenge. This could also be really helpful. Oh, it can definitely, yeah. Give you a good kickstart. I mean, this is a, it's a great thing. It really mm-hmm. is. Oh, that's so exciting. So so many, I I didn't realize we were going to talk about this in such depth, but I just, it intrigues me. I, you know, I was really big into hyperdocs when I learned about them. Mm -hmm. Um, and so this sounds like a a different version of those as far as engagement goes. Yeah. And definitely based on DOK. Um, Mm -hmm. it's, it's just, it it makes me so excited. I just want, there are so many times where I have conversations with teachers that I'm like, Oh, I wish I could get my hands on a class and try this myself. Right. (laughs) So I would love to see what I'm going to have to Google an image of what one of these grids looks like, or maybe. Yeah, well, I can, I was going to say, if you want, I can definitely share one that, you know, that I'm working on so you can see what they, what they look like and see what the kids would see. Yeah. I, if you want to send me a screenshot, maybe, is that possible? Yeah. Then I can maybe put it in the show notes for people to see, and maybe we can sure. talk into the, into the podcast Facebook community too, so people can mm-hmm. get their eyes on it. That's so exciting. So yeah. you had three things that you wanted people to take away today. So mm-hmm. what is the first thing that, what is the first piece of advice that you would offer teachers who are really struggling, maybe even in that neutral state, that, that burnout state where they just feel like they have nothing left left to give. That would be at a stage one or zero, um, according to the burn and teacher success path. But mm-hmm. what would you say to them? Honestly, I think one of the first things that, and, and this is really, I think what lit my fire, I guess you could say, was developing that PLN. Mm-hmm. Um, I was pretty much just, I was in my bubble. I was right here. This is my classroom. I, I wasn't reaching out. I honestly didn't know that there was this whole Twitterverse of educators out there that were doing all these amazing things. You know, I had, you know, when I looked at what my kids were doing on Twitter, I'm like, no, that's just, 
that's a waste of time. There's absolutely no benefit for that. And then when I saw what was out there and the people that I've been connecting with and, you know, I learned so much and, and realizing that there are other like-minded, um, you know, educators that are out there that are, you know, trying all of these new and innovative things and, you know, stuff that is just, I never would have thought, wow, I can do that in a classroom. That's really cool. Um, and it can help to, you know, kind of relight your fire to see that there are people out there that think like you and that are successful with implementing that in the classroom and that they're willing to help, you know, yes. so that's the key. Everything you just said, that's been my experience on Twitter. I know Twitter gets a bad rap, but it does. It was so influential, especially back in 2016, when I decided I wanted to become a Google certified educator. Okay. I was introduced to Twitter and I had of course heard of Twitter, but I'm like, Hey, nobody got time for that. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, I got on Twitter and I was like, man, I didn't realize there were so many cool people out there, like willing to just like help you and share what they're doing and just offer words of encouragement. You know, yeah. of course, just like any social media, you can find the opposite of that. But yeah. if you follow, if you follow people like me or Holly or the, uh, or Ray or Jeff Gargas from, uh, mm-hmm. from teach better team or follow teach better team, it will recommend other people like them in that space yeah. for you to follow. And you just build this whole community of, of wonderful people that are just always there to help and support and encourage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. It's been, I think that that's probably been the biggest thing for me is, is developing that community, um, that I can lean on anytime I need to, and to know that I can support others. Cause that's another thing that's very, mm-hmm. you know, empowering for yourself to realize that, wow, I have a voice and my voice can be used to help others as well, you know? So yeah, definitely reach out, develop that PLN, whether it's through Facebook or Twitter. Um, but definitely reach out. There's, there's a lot, you don't have to, as a, I think is it Lindsay Titus that always talks about being on teacher Island. You don't need to be on teacher Island. You can definitely reach out and expand your community and you can, and it's fun. It is fun. (laughs) It's it's a great group of educators. And especially if you don't feel like you're, if you've tried to reach out to, uh, to other teachers in your building or in your hallway, (laughs) and you're just not being well, you know, it's not being well received. Maybe they are just, they're fighting their own battles, you Mm -hmm. know, and, but you really want that support. You don't have to stop at your hallway. You don't have to stop at your, at your, you know, your walls of your school. There, there are other opportunities for you to, to find the support that you need. Yeah, absolutely. What's the second one? Okay. So the second one I think is really, um, and this was something that it took me a while and it's probably just a matter of, you know, being more comfortable in the classroom and having more confidence in myself, but honestly, just to trust your gut. Um, if you see that something is working or is not working, be, make sure that you are willing to try to change it if it needs to be changed. Mm-hmm. Um, and just, I guess, just kind of going with that whole, if you are doing it with the intent of helping your students and it's truly what is best for your students, then that's what you got to do. Mm-hmm. Um, because at the, at the end of the day, those people that we are educating and turning into these, you know, incredible adults that are going to be, you know, out there in the world, it, it depends on what we do with them in the classroom. And if we're setting them up for success and, you know, looking at their social emotional needs, I think that is going to, that's going to do a lot more than, Hey, I need you to take that test. Mm-hmm. Setting them up for success, meeting them where they are. And, you yeah. know, I think something else that's really important about trusting your gut, you know, when people take the teacher burnout quiz, 
you don't always end up as burned it over it, burned and bored or burned and unbalanced. You could end up as not burned out, but something is off. Mm-hmm. And I think that's that little voice inside of you. I know that that's that little voice inside of you saying something needs to change. Yes. It's a call. It is a true, this is the very beginnings of that burnout peeking its mm-hmm. head in saying, you better make a change. Yeah. You better do it. I'm coming for you, you know? <laughs> And so often we can't handle thinking about it. We have too much to do. We're going to power through this. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm just going to get through this week. I'm just going to get through this year. I'm just going to get through this, you know, this pandemic and then things will be different. You, you can't do that. You've got to yeah. pay it the respect. And that, that gut feeling you're talking about is it's so real. It's so mm-hmm. real. Don't ignore it. Yeah, absolutely. All right. You have one more really important topic. Yes. So the, the last one that, um, that I think, and this is something that, uh, I've really worked hard on this and I had, um, I had an intern with me for the first time, this, uh, first half of the school year. And it's something that I really saw in her and I wanted to develop in her too, is just that building relationships and making sure that when you are teaching your students, that you realize that they are people, um, that you realize that, um, sorry, can we pause for a second? Sure. <laughs> All right. Um, so basically, if you uh, if you look at your students not just as you know these little people that you have to put information into their heads, but you you know teach them in a way that shows that you care, um, that you care about them, what their thoughts are, what their needs are. Um, so basically, teaching with teaching with empathy. Um, but at the same time, maintaining those high expectations um, and helping your students realize that they can get to places that they never thought were possible just because they needed someone to believe in them and help them to, you know, see it in themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's my, that would be my, my last piece of advice. Teach with empathy, maintain those high expectations. Mm-hmm. And I think all three of those just come, it's like full circle. Right. So if you're surrounding yourself with positive people, positive impacts, right. And if you Mm -hmm. are making sure that you're focusing on looking at, looking at your students as people. And then of course, that second one, I just lost it. It just left my mind. You trust your gut, trust your gut. So if you're listening Mm -hmm. to your students, you're listening to the people that you're surrounding yourself by, and you're listening to yourself, you are, there's Mm -hmm. no possible way that you can't come out of, of burnout, you know, looking at it as an opportunity to, to take those steps towards becoming more burned in, which it sounds yes. like you are. Yes, I most certainly am. Yes. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. So Holly, will you tell everybody how they can find you on social? You're on Twitter a lot. Um, yes. What's your handle? Yes. My handle is Holly A. Stewart. Um, and the key thing to remember is I spell Stewart S-T-U-A-R-T. So just make sure that you've got the correct spelling of Stuart. And that's how, that's where I am everywhere. So that's fantastic. And I know that's where you and I found each other too. So Holly, I really appreciate you coming here and sharing your story, getting vulnerable, but also helping to share your voice to help others. That is, it's just a wonderful story. Well, thank you. I I really appreciate the opportunity. So thank you very much. And I just want to also just add that um, your book, it really did help a lot. So I was reading it you know, over the summer, or was it over the summer? No, it was in the fall when I was actually able to start reading your book. And it really, it just helps to continue that, you know, that burned in 
feeling that I have. So I want to thank you for writing your book and putting that out there for everybody to be able to benefit from. Thank you so much. You just gave me goosebumps. I'm giving you a virtual hug right now. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> All right, burned in teachers, take a deep breath because you just took another step to becoming a burned in teacher. Burn on everyone. If you enjoyed today's podcast episode, you can head over to burnedinteacher.com where you can access the entire vault of burned in teacher podcast episodes and more information about ways I want to help you go from burned out teacher to burned in human. If you enjoyed today's episode, I would be so grateful if you would head over to iTunes and leave a review and a rating about the Burned In Teacher podcast. Until next time, take a deep breath because you just took another step to becoming a Burned In Teacher. Burn on.